welcome to The Core Connection. I'm Mira Rubin here with you on Enlightened World Network. And today's topic is cultivating creativity. Rather than um, working with, with problems, generating new potentials. So it should be fun, sort of a switch of, of attention and um, that opens up all kinds of new capabilities and possibilities. So uh, before we get started, let's take a minute or two to get present. Let's take a deep breath in through your nose and hold it. And imagine clean, crisp oxygen flooding your lungs, flowing into your bloodstream, nourishing all your cells, all your organs, bringing vital life energy to your body and being. And as you exhale, exhale any tension, stress, negativity, fatigue. And now let's take another deep breath in through your nose and hold it. This time, imagine brilliant bright light lighting you up from the inside out, illuminating, electrifying, and energizing all your cells, your molecules, your electrons, creating a brilliant beam of light and energy from your heart out into the world. And as you exhale, exhale any tension, stress, negativity, fatigue. And now let's take another deep breath in through your nose and hold it. This time, imagine brilliant bright light lighting you up from the inside out, illuminating, electrifying, and energizing all your cells, all your molecules, all your electrons, and creating this brilliant beam of light and energy from your heart out into the world. And as you exhale, exhale any remaining tension, stress, negativity, fatigue. And now let's press our palms together. Vigorously rub your hands together to feel the friction, the temperature, the pressure, the motion the tickling and tingling when you stop and allow all those sensations to bring you present right here, right now, into this remarkable physical form that enables you to experience life. Welcome, mm -hmm. welcome, welcome. So good to be here with you this morning. And uh, we're talking about cultivating creativity. So cultivating creati creativity is a high mode of awareness. Good morning, good morning, Dido. So good to have you here with us this morning. Welcome. So, so much of our lives is driven by reactivity, um, where something happens, stimulus response, right? Where something happens and we need to find a way to respond to it and we react to it and and we're often in uh, problem solving mode or emergency mode and in that in that mode of being good morning good morning lisa wow it's been a long time welcome so good to have you here with us um when we're in that mode of survival, reactivity, um, reaction, it's often automatic. And it is 
kind of putting out fires. So we're in, when we're in the putting out fire modality, it doesn't really give us the opportunity to step back and look at what might be a way to prevent the fires in the first place, right? Like what can we generate to create a new trajectory of, of being, of circumstances emerging? And when we're able to step out of, this is what's required for creativity is kind of stepping out of our predispositions, stepping out of our preconcepts, our preconceptualization, and our, our inherent biases, our inherent um, programmed thinking and behaviors. So in order to step into creativity, we need to be cultivating a different space, a different container that isn't bounded by the standard conventions of belief and thought. And you may have heard of companies that do spitballing, you know, where they're looking to generate new ideas. And so they say, no idea is too outrageous. And of course, there are a number of outrageous ideas that get generated in those kinds of sessions, but there's a function even to the outrageous ideas in that they start expanding the edges. And we often live within these narrowly defined edges that are a reflection of assumptions that we don't even recognize. So this, this, I think this conversation is being generated a little bit by a uh, book that I'm reading and that I read a little bit of this morning called White Fragility that's talking about how it's really hard to talk to white people about race because they get all kinds of defensive because white people in general are kind of unconscious of the fact that they're white, that their whiteness is just, is something that isn't in their focus most of the time that they that their um, white identity and privilege is not even recognized it's just so it's like fish in water kind of thing and that when when race questions are raised or um, racism is raised then there's all kinds of reaction and upset because it's there's a challenge to this foundational um, unconscious assumption or a, a whole plethora of unconscious assumptions. So it's interesting um, because in this book, as I've been reading it, I'm not finished yet, so I don't know how it resolves, but there's a massive critique of these dynamics of um, 
unconscious racism and and how it is intrinsic kind of to our culture uh, but i haven't i haven't yet heard what to do if anything what to do with the awarenesses that are being put throughout the book good morning good morning Rosalyn. welcome so good to have you joining us we're talking about cultivating creativity and meantime i i just sort of parlayed into this book that i'm reading called um white fragility which is and the subtitle is something like why it's so hard to talk to white people about racism and um so it what's fascinating about it is that lots of the invisible assumptions are being made visible which is pretty cool um and then it allows us to uh, become aware of some of that automatic thinking and and automatic um being that that we are subject to uh, but i'm wondering you know like what what happens once we have this awareness and so looking at what's possible to generate rather than trying to fix an existing problem because existing problems typically are actually not an isolated thing but are systemic and in fact one of the tenets of the book is that racism in the u.s is systemic um what rather than trying to legislate things into being, which is something that we typically try to do, we make more laws or we build more systems to address this, this isolated problem or this isolated facet of something, to go to a creative approach means expanding the boundaries and perhaps, you know, going into, expanding the awareness of the greater system and pushing those boundaries then allows for new observations new awarenesses and potentially new solutions or new approaches i'm not i don't want to use the word solutions because that's sort of a problem-based word but new approaches that are limited interpretations of certain circumstances don't even allow for. So I don't, I, it's, it's interesting that when we narrow our vision to try to analyze something, we, there are areas where that can be really, really valuable, where we can get down to the intricacies of something and that can offer us a new, a new perspective and maybe new potentials. But what, what we're looking at is we have some heavy duty systemic problems. 
and I am using the word problem there, you know, uh, some some heavy duty pervasive dysfunctions of systems that have all kinds of inherent flaws to them and going about staying inside that system to try to repair the flaws is really kind of counterproductive. It, what, what needs to happen is that we need to be able to create a greater framework to be able to look at the dynamics <clears throat> of, <clears throat> of a system that holds those things in place. Certainly there's some merit, some value to being able to name something that was invisible. Uh, the, thing, the thing then that is a common trap is that we become immunized to the, the label that we've placed upon something. And so when we step away from problem solving into creating, being creative, the energy of those two different approaches is so radically different. One is where we're trying to fix something. The other is where we're trying to discover something. So fixing often comes from the presumption that we know, whereas creativity is exploratory and expansive. Um, fixing something is kind of domination control model. Ex um, creativity is an engagement in discovery model, very, very different attitudes and approaches. So Rosalind says, cultivating the creator, allow the nymph to explore desire. Opening happens when we let go of how is that going to work? Drop the how for a moment and open up to the wow. I love it, Rosalind. That's beautiful. Very inspiring. Yes, because creativity is opening up to the wow. Like, oh my gosh, where did that idea come from? Or where did that, how could we not have seen that? It was there all along. It was so obvious and we didn't see it. We didn't see it because we had blinders on. So creativity is about at least expanding, if not taking the blinders off completely to be able to perceive on another level and receive on another level. So I don't know the exact quote. I'm probably going to, I'll just destroy it. But uh, Einstein's quote of, you can't solve a problem from the level at which it emerged. And that's what we try to do is we look at these insolvable problems and we try to fix things. And oftentimes our fixes add up creating, add up to create more problems. So <clears throat> in order to be able to address 
the true issue. We need to be able to get a higher elevation, a higher view to be able to see more, to broaden our perspective. And that's what we're talking about with creativity. Our culture has been so much a function of mechanisms, mechanisms, efficiencies, uh, productivity, all, all kinds of machine-like and manufacturer-like terminologies. Those are the things that we've we've valued, right? If we can mechanize things, if we can make them more efficient, if we can make them more cost-effective, if we can become more productive, like we're trying to optimize performance in machines. And with that attitude, with that context through which we see the world and see ourselves and our performance and our lives, the notion of creativity can get easily get lost and has not been valued to the degree that I think we need to value it. We get to cultivate that as a way to generate truly new ideas or truly new approaches. And what does that look like? You know, to be in the question rather than the answer. So um, I, I, kind of look at life through the lens of what are what are good questions and I there was somebody in my life who for the longest time would start every conversation with the answer is and <clears throat> in a rush to find answers we create so much we wreak so much havoc um, to be able to sit in the question it's like I'm, I'm starting to understand more richly the value of Zen koans, right? Where you just sort of sit with the question, this irreconcilable seeming paradox to sit with that polarity or, or contradiction until something else emerges another perspective, another, a deeper insight that goes beyond the rational re reactive mind that just wants to control and dominate and fix and, and produce. And we, we have been enculturated to value those things, efficiency, productivity, accomplishment. What have you done lately? More, right? Always more. And so <clears throat> if we can find a space to stand or fly or hover or whatever 
to be able to observe things in a greater fullness in a space of curiosity and question rather than answer or knowing there's a wealth of new perception that can present itself to us so Rosalind says instead of repair mindset seeing the relationships exactly instead of fixing traffic by making more lanes digging deeper like letting the schools stagger their start times and and maybe even deeper than that but for sure Rosalind you've got the idea exactly is look at the relationships look at the dynamics look at what's driving those issues rather than like you said rather than putting in more lanes looking at the traffic flow looking at what is and maybe even looking at the whole commuter mentality which we had an opportunity to look at through covid when everybody was housebound so uh, the looking at the bigger systems to say, well, where in this whole complex, this very vital, alive, dynamic complex, where is an acupuncture point that is going to transform all of it that will have a trickle down effect? We've talked about keystone species where um, there's a, a wonderful film, How Wolves Change Rivers. I think it's called, but that's the wolves are kind of an acupuncture point in or keystone species in the transformation of an of an entire ecosystem, like the buffalo, for being able to help regenerate grasslands, which help sequester carbon and create all kinds of other. Uh, shifts and changes as more water is able to be sequestered, changing the climate, actually changing the temperature and the water cycle. So we, we in our mechanization of things, looking at things as machines isolated from each other, uh, we've learned a lot. But we've gotten to a point where we've learned a lot about the bits and pieces, but we have neglected the greater overall dynamic systems. And cultivating creativity is, can, is cultivating a greater vantage point, a greater flexibility of thought and possibility to be able to dream outside the box. Dido, thank you, thank you. Dido found the How Wolves Change Rivers. It's really wonderful video. I encourage you to watch it. Um, it's really inspiring. And so when you hear about people trying to kill off the wolves, maybe, maybe you can sign petitions and whatever to stop that from happening. Um, yeah, creativity, creativity and curiosity. I think that curiosity and creativity could be our salvation. And so cultivating that and, 
and finding some comfort in being in the not knowing instead of the knowing, finding some exhilaration in that and um, exploring the potentials in that. It's very revitalizing too. There's an energy of excitement and, and new and exploration that comes with that adventure that feeds our souls in a way that I think we, we so desperately need. Um, a little bit of uncertainty, at least a little bit of uncertainty is a healthy thing. At least that's what I say. It doesn't mean it's right, but check it out and see if it holds true for you. So with that, I'm Mara Rubin. This is The Core Connection. And I go live here each weekday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Enlightened World Network Facebook page and YouTube channel. And as always, it is such a gift to be able to have this opportunity to talk together and, and explore new ideas, new ways of being, old ideas, old ways of being, all, all of the above. And I'm so grateful to you for the opportunity. So until next time, so much love to you.